0: You're listening to Passion Pod number 28 with Cloud9 Cycles.
1: In a couple of sentences, tell me what Cloud9Cycles is.
0: Cloud9Cycles is a bike shop that specialises in hand-building frames and custom-building bikes for individuals.
1: Slick. Very, very concise. Um, How on earth did you end up setting up a bike shop? How did it come about?
0: So, a few years ago, I met my business partner, Chris, through another job, and we instantly hit it off with each other and thought that starting a bike shop where we specialised in hand-building frames, which no one was doing at the time, was quite a good thing to go for. We found a really good space in Camden Town, which was quite cheap to rent and a really good place to start, and started doing the normal everyday stuff of, you know, taking people's bikes in for servicing and trying to push our custom-built frames. We did quite a few of them, but unfortunately, just because of the location of where we were and the way the shop was set up, it was always quite hard. So after about 18 months, we'd built up enough cash to rent a new space, and in August of this year, we moved into thirty-eight Store Street, for the last few months we've been here and just been really successful selling our hand built frames and custom burning bikes people so
1: Do you, have you always loved cycling
0: not particularly Chris has always been a cyclist and that's where he gets all his knowledge from because like casual reading for Chris will be like picking up a cycling magazine you know that is his real passion whereas for me cycling became more of a practicality because I was living in London and I hated getting public transport so I would cycle for practical means Chris would cycle for pleasure so we basically have two very different sort of uh, ways into the market so I can some of the customers and Chris can talk to sort of other ones on a different level.
1: I don't know, so often in businesses, that's what makes it successful is you don't want two people who are exactly the same. Yeah, I think
0: you couldn't have the two people who are the same because you'd be too technical for people. Like, I mean, you could do, don't get me wrong, but like at the same time, it's quite nice in the fact that like I probably understand some people's questions, which Chris doesn't really get. You know, if they come in and they say they don't care about what bikes made of, I can understand why they're saying that. Whereas to Chris, that's a major important factor in everyday cycling, so it sort of works out quite a nice balance.
1: So, you when you first set up, I guess one thing I'm interested in straight away were you earning money from that only or
0: no I mean like where I think we were very sensible in our business is that we only ever spent what we could afford so Chris and I both at the beginning had about three thousand pounds each in savings and that set us up in business you know we were able to fund a very basic workshop with good quality tools and have a few secondhand bikes in for sale And we've never since then owed anyone money. We've always been debt free. It's pretty impressive, that. Yeah, and that's how you have to work in it because basically it then means that you're only spending what you can afford. And I think that's a really important part of the business, which I think a lot of businesses get wrong. You know, you see these businesses who set up and they spend £20,000 kicking their shop out, and you sort of think, blimey, you know, you've got to be able to pay that back before you even start earning money. I mean, like, even in the shop that we're in now, we took all of our stuff from Camden, and to fit out our whole shop probably cost us under £2,000. You've just got to be uh, sort of resourceful with what you've got. And realize what's important to the customer you know having slap was that go right to the ceiling might not be important but having good quality products hanging off them is.
1: also i can vouch because we can't see it looks pretty blimmin ace so actually that's pretty impressive to have done it on the budget and to have achieved something yeah. that's really tactile and really cool to look at That's
0: it. obviously it's nice if you can have designer furniture in there like everything you want but you sort of realize we are a bike shop we're not an art gallery and we need to sort of perform to our strengths and our strengths might be in sort of Producing the best quality bicycles, maybe not in interior design. but
1: How do you know what your clients want?
0: Uh, again, we didn't. We just sort of learnt as we went along. You know, Originally, when we came into the business, we sort of thought to ourselves, after about a year of operating, we realised that there was sort of a, a gap in the market for good quality frames that people could build up. And so we went to Eurobike, which is a very, the biggest bike show in the world, I think, held in Germany. And we went there with the idea that we were going to get frames produced in Taiwan under our brand name, bring them across and sell them. But when we went there, not only did we find out that you could only order by the thousand, but also we heard of really tons of nightmare stories of other companies that had done the same idea and the frames had turned up with the forks produced incorrectly, the seat post size being incorrect. And basically, there's nothing you can do because if you've got a thousand frames turned up at your business, which is wrong, you can't really send them back to China at a reasonable cost. So we then came back and sort of thought, OK, right, let's rethink our business model And basically there was no one or very few companies who hand make frames in the UK, let alone in London. So we worked quite hard to find a really good frame builder. And we now work sort of independently with him to produce bespoke frames either to specific sizes that we design or to individual customer tastes. And it really gives that touch of personality because we have the design from start to finish about what size we want the rear triangle, what size we want the top tube, what colour we want it. And how we want it built for the geometry of which individual person. And that is, you know, where our passion really lies now. And we don't want to go and produce a thousand frames. Because if a cloud focus is trying to compete against Condor or to try and compete against Chinelli, it's almost impossible. But what we can do is do our own thing, individual, and keep it small and keep it sort of local. So
1: And also, don't you think, I mean, of course you do, because that's why you set your business model like it. There's such a move towards people wanting that.
0: They do, but there is a big... Killer in the market, which is price and cost. Yeah, I think after ahead of independent and people in the personal touches, is you know, people are very price conscious. There are a lot of bikes in the market which are sub 300 pounds, which people buy, and unfortunately, just disappointed because the quality of the parts is so poor. No money is spent on the research and development, so the geometry of the frame will be horrible to ride, the quality of the components will fall apart within literally two or three weeks. And then they bring the bike to our shop and we quote them to repair it. And unfortunately, the quote of repairing it is more than it costs to buy new. We have a lot, a lot of competition online who just undercut the entire marketplace. And that is a real factor because, as you said earlier, people are so price conscious that they will, you know, they'll come in and they'll do research in our shop and then buy them online. The issue with that is that people don't understand the difference between... Value and cost—it comes down to sort of the added benefits of buying it from a shop. You know, if you buy a bike online, it's going to come flat pack, and you need specialist tools to build it up, and you're not going to have a manufacturer's warranty. Which, obviously, if you buy from a shop, we can vouch that it has been built up by us. But it's people's perception of value. You know, they think they're getting a hundred pounds saving by buying it online than from a shop. So that's really the biggest challenge we face.
1: But the irony of that is that the biggest challenge that you face is also what stands you ahead of other people.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, but we just need to... You need more people to understand it. You know, once they understand it, then they sort of don't really look bad. But obviously, if you're an amateur into the cycle market and you're coming in, you know, it's the same as if I was to go out and buy a computer. I don't really know what the benefits are of buying it online as into a shop until it goes wrong and then you don't have any sort of support with it. So,
1: If you had your time again, what advice do you wish you'd been given?
0: I think you have to make sure that you employ the right person for the right job. And the reason I say this is that, you know, Chris is an expert purchaser. You know, he will scour our distributors until he finds the best deal. And although it might be per transaction only a £10, 15 saving, if you're making a 1,000 transactions a year, it is a lot of money that it comes up to that. There's another person that we employ who cleans some of our bicycle parts. And although it's not a very glamorous job, his sense of pride in doing it is unrivaled to anyone else that we've met. And I'm sure he wouldn't be very happy in sales, but when you give him what... To us, there's a lot of greasy old parts. Is to him the challenge, and he is just an amazing at cleaning those. And you know that's where you just gotta make sure that you take your time and find the right person for the job because when they do it. They will do it 100%. And if they're not in the right job, then they're not going to do it. And that's when you're going to waste your money. So.
1: And also, I imagine even more so for smaller businesses, startup businesses, that's even more key because there's such an ethos that they're fitting into.
0: Yeah, and also, your costs are so much tighter that you can't afford to make mistakes. You know, You want to get everyone and make sure they know exactly what their job is and make sure they're happy to do it because it's so easy to throw away money and the last thing you want to throw away on is staff because it's your reputation behind them i suppose the only advice is just just to go and try it really i mean like you know you get a lot of people talking you out of doing things and maybe because they're worried for you or maybe because they wouldn't do it themselves but really there isn't really much that you can lose like okay it might you might end up sort of being a a couple of thousand pounds out of pocket i know it sounds a lot when you're if you're doing well in business and hopefully it isn't but at the same time if you don't try it, always gonna have a regret of not doing it and it's much better to sort of regret the things you've tried than regret not doing them, so I can't remember who it was who invented the light bulb, but he basically said, you know, I've found a thousand ways not to make a light bulb. You can't ever look at anything and be like, that was a waste. Everything's an experience. Like everything, we Our biggest learning curve was that we got talked into signing an advertising deal with Virgin Gyms, which on the face of it sounded really cheap. And we just didn't do the research to go and find it properly. So we sort of just signed blind. And then I went to the Virgin Gym and the salesman was really good, but the product was awful. And all it would have taken was for myself to go down to the gym and have a look at a product but because he was such a slick salesman he i didn't believe that i needed to and that was a massive that was the only bit of advertising we've really ever done the rest of it's been word of mouth and i might be wrong but at the moment we seem to have one of the highest rating googles for a bike shop in london that's
1: amazing within how many years
0: ten a bit years it's
1: pretty ace can you give yourself a bit of a pat on the back for that direct
0: my arms aren't long enough (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think we we're quite pleased at that line we never boast about it we are
1: look I'm not very good at boasting but I think I give you permission that you have to boast yeah. about that because that's pretty impressive
0: uh, I don't know it is that age old expression of the customer's always right and like you know there are times when you bend over backwards for them for what might seem like pennies at the time but you know a really important thing in business is understanding that you do make your own luck it's probably in life not just in business but you know we think we've been really lucky in some areas of our business but when you look back on it it's only because we've worked hard and been able to sort of exploit the opportunities that we've had because of our own luck like even in Camden where we found the first place to rent we only got that place because for, through another business we'd been working there we knew the guy who was there and we sort of had the Sort of confidence to approach him and ask if we could rent the space. You know, on one level, you think that's lucky, but then what you don't realise is that behind that luck is sort of six months where we've been interacting with that customer, where we've built him a bike, where we've spent time building up the relationship, and so.
1: So it's sort of investing in people and things all the time.
0: Yeah, it was just constantly sort of thinking. I mean, like even like you know, we had a, a couple of breaks when we were starting up, as in the fact that we I knew there was a bike shop near me in Fulham that was closing down, so. On one of the evenings, I went to go and see the owner, talked to him a bit about it, and then we ended up buying a lot of his equipment off him at a really discounted price, which sort of helped us set up our first business. You know, we bought a bike stand off and we bought a load of tools off him. And again, yeah, okay, in one way it was a bit of luck, but at the same time, if I hadn't have just made that initial contact with him and sort of gone there... Then it may never have happened. You could you have of, just
1: walked on past. Yeah, but
0: I sort of thought to myself, okay, well, I'll see if this has got any legs in it. And then we've had loads of stuff like that. Like we knew a guy down in Guildford who we became quite friendly with, who sort of specialised in buying vintage bikes, and like he quite liked us. So every time we got a nice one, he called us up. And yeah, okay, it was really lucky in one way. But at the same time, if we hadn't got to know him, we hadn't spent the time like talking to him and like showing our passion for bikes, and he may not have never sort of come back to us. So and I think it's give and take. You know, what I mean, we're we're giving a load of our hand bits now to the London Bike Kitchen who are a social enterprise group who are helping sort of less fortunate people work with bikes and you know we had a couple of lucky breaks so we we're home to try and give them a lucky break by giving them a load of sort of equipment that we're not using any more tools and stuff like that
1: it's not bad is it and hearing you say all this stuff like that you're in a place to do that now yeah. what, what inspires you guys do you think to run your own business or on specifically the cloud nine cycles
0: i've always wanted to have something that i could call my own i think chris struggles with a standard nine-to-five job and so by having this one you actually realize that you work much longer i mean we've been working sort of 60 hour days regularly but it's also for ourselves. So you know, when you wake up in the morning, it's not going into work as such. It's more coming into your passion. So whether your passion is in any part of the business, whether it's in servicing bikes, whether it's in selling to customers, or whether it's in trying to get more people into the shop, it still allows you to sort of uh, perfect those skills. And that's what's quite nice about it. Rather than if you're in an office and it's like, right, your job day to day is data input. You know, you don't really have much choice in that one. Whereas I can come in in the morning and think, right, today I want to spend my whole day looking for vintage bikes online or I want to spend my whole day servicing bikes or I want to spend my whole day doing whatever I want it sort of gives you more of a flexibility and choice but inevitably because it is your choice you end up working at it harder and longer than you would doing anything else and it's only when you know I mean most nights we're getting home at about midnight 1am from the shop but, you know, it's only when you get home at a reasonable hour, like it's like five o'clock, that you realise how hard you are working because your friends at home, they've been chilling in front of the TV since 5.30 or something. But you know you're working towards a purpose. That's the difference in the fact that, you know, we've seen our business grow from having one bike stand, a workshop and two bikes in Camden to having £100,000 worth of stock at the moment. We've seen that grow, so we can sort of hope to think, right, that seems two years to do that, imagine what we can do in three years, imagine what we can do in five years.
1: Do you think it's Experiment. a bit of both? It's a bit of reflection and it is a bit of forward thinking and rough planning
0: to be honest you might not even realize you're doing it but i'm sure every time you do something whether you buy a product whether you read an article on the internet you're sort of all taking it in and it all comes out of you in one way or another whether it's talking to a customer to sell them a bike whether it's sort of talking to your supplier to get a better deal on the parts you're buying all merges into one thing which ends up becoming your business and your experience and i suppose like you know there is there's just a bit of everything in it and you can't really explain it. It just sort of happens and I'm, I don't think it's anything special. I think, you know, if I've been able to do this, then I think anyone can. It's not, you don't have to have some special gene that's been given to you. It's just find something you love doing and then sort of run with it, really. You've been listening to Bod 28 with Cloud9Cycles.